everybody. We're doing a mini episode today. This is episode 26.5 or mini episode seven of Eat, Drink, Write, an Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. And the topic we're doing is timelines. And we are doing this because the Wit Girls podcast requested it. Uh, it's Lisa, and I, I hope I say their name right, Lisa Rasmussen and Christina Gibson from the Wit Girls podcast. Their podcast is witgirlspodcast.com. And it talks about Microsoft 365 and SharePoint, which they love to use. But um, they requested that we do a timeline episode. So we thought we would do that for y'all today. Yeah. So what is a timeline? It's linking units of time to events that allow writers to plot a book in a graphic way. Um, a book could be a week, a month, a year. It could be several years. You could start off with a book where it's a child and it ends with their death or whatever. Right. Uh, so this timeline helps you to include the relevant events. You know, as you're writing it down, you can see, oh, that, that's not really that important. I can leave it out of my book. It's important for you as the writer right. to, to know the timeline, but it helps you when you do a timeline to visually see what you want to include in the writing of the book and what is just in your mind that, you know, makes things happen. Yeah. Um, it helps us remove unnecessary backstory, which is basically what I just said. So yeah, I feel like it can also help to uh, organize like time sensitive plot events. So if you have something that needs to happen at a specific time point, um, a timeline and creating a timeline can help you kind of plan that out. Yeah. Um, there are types of timelines, which this is more information about timelines than I even knew existed. I, I hadn't really thought about it. There are linear timelines, which is the normal one that you think of, you know, a goes to B, goes to C, goes to D. It's just the, the sequence of events in real, you know, in order. Right. Right. There is a fractured timeline, which is a timeline that that jumps through time. You know, sometimes you're back in the history and there's something going on there, and then it jumps around, which we've seen TV shows that way, we've read books that way. Um, I've never written a book that I can think of that actually has a fractured timeline. There are things that happen in the past that are important, but I don't take the story back. Right. So that was interesting to me. I imagine that would be difficult. Yeah, I think so too. And then there's the framed timeline, which is the story within the story. The story's going on now, but it's not jumping back and forth. You know, it, trying to think they said Frankenstein Mary Shelley's Frankenstein was a good example of this but I haven't read that one I haven't actually either I should I should too um but it's set now where she's telling you the story now but she's telling you the story of the past so it's the unit over here is the story too but you're at the end you come back to tie it all up now you know what, another book that does that is the first book in Poison Princess, um, the Cresley Cole series, I'm pretty sure. You know, it starts off um, with this guy who's like telling the story and then it goes to the main character's story and you like follow her all the way up until at the very end, you are caught up at that beginning point yeah. um, and see how it all connects and ties together. Karen Moaning used that too. Um... And one of her, the Fever series, that one that started with that sentence 
uh, I would do anything for him or I would die for him. Die for him, yeah. That kind of is the same thing because we start off at that point, but then it goes back and tells the whole story up to that point. It ends at that point. Right. So that they call that the framed timeline. Nice. And then there's a real time, real line, uh, a real time timeline. <laughs> I'm not even drinking, I'm drinking tea, people. Um, <laughs> which is just like the linear, it's the sequence of events, but it doesn't have breaks in it. It goes straight, it's like stream of consciousness, which I don't see how that could work. Right, yeah. I'm sure it's been done. I haven't, I, I don't. I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I can't think of any books that I've I've read that in, and I certainly haven't written it written that way. So yeah. yeah, so those are the types of timelines which I really hadn't ever thought about before. So if you're gonna create a timeline, um, there are things to think about when you're doing that. So, what date does your story begin on? What is the day of the week? Because Sundays might be church. Um, you know, think about the church crowds that you have, you know, there's things based on what day of the week it is that might need to be explained in your, in your timeline. You have to know what, what day it is. Right. Um, how old are your characters at the beginning? How old are they going to be at the end? Um, what holidays are like freaking fairies. Halloween is right smack in the middle. Right. And so I had to know what happened up to that point. Halloween happened and what happened after I had to know, I think freaking fairies is only about a two week time period that, right, she, yeah. that she has all these lovely adventures in. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, so yeah, likewise, what season is it? Think about your season. Because um, that's going to matter how they dress. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah. you know, you might accidentally, if you're not thinking, if you don't have this timeline and you're, and it's supposed to be like Halloween where it's getting cold, at least here in Atlanta, yeah. You don't want her wearing a tank top. Although sometimes in Atlanta, you do wear tank tops at Halloween. That's Atlanta weather. But yeah, you got to know what season it is. That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, something else that is important to think about is approximately when do each of your main events happen in your story? Like, um, you know, if you have someone die, does that happen at the beginning of the story or at the end of the story? And kind of think about that as you're coming up with your timeline and where it might be. Um, relative to, you know, your, uh, your timeline, that kind of thing. Okay. So what do you use? I know that I don't, I've never really done timelines. Well, I'll talk about what I do in a minute, but what do you do? Yeah. So I feel like I might've mentioned it somewhere in our podcast in the past six months or so that we've been doing this. Um, but I use PowerPoint. Uh, to keep track of my timeline. Um, so I don't usually focus on specific dates either, you know, like May 3rd, 2020, this is all the stuff that happened on this day. It's more, um, I think about it in terms of uh, framing my story. Um, so I do day of the week uh, is in my title of one slide. You know, I do the day of the week, so Friday. Um, and, and that's mostly because I wanna keep track of, like you said, weekends are different than weekdays. Um, depending on what your character's job is and like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I focus on the number of days in the story. So um, like if there's a passage of time, like a day or two where there aren't any major events that happen in that time, um, I put in those slides too, but I keep them blank, but I label them as this is a Saturday day blank in the story, day four in the story. 
Um, but there's, there's nothing on that slide. It's a completely blank slide. Um, because, you know, those days still exist, but not covered in the story. But it helps me keep track of, like, what day it's going to be and, like, what day of the story it's going to be. Like, has it been two weeks or has it been three weeks since the story started once I get back to talking about major events? Okay. Um, so, yeah, I do my timeline by day. Uh, each slide is a day in my story. Um, so I title it by the day of the week, Friday, and also day one, which corresponds to day one of when that story begins. Um, cause most of my, most of my stories take place like, like, you know, two weeks in time, like in this world. Right. Um, so I'm able to do it day by day, but I feel like, you know, if it spans a lot of time, you could also do it by month or by year or, um, that kind of thing. Uh, each slide that I make, uh, for each day has the events that have happened on that day written out. Um, so it's basically an outline of all the actions that happened on that day. Uh, if I end a chapter in the middle of a day, then I highlight it in red. So I know that that was the end of a chapter, but it's still the same day when I start the next chapter. Clever. Um, yeah. So I also have some slides that convey information from before the start of my story. So before day one. Um, so for example, I have Aiden and her sister died three weeks before the story starts and there are certain circumstances around her sister's death that needs to be known uh throughout my story so i have a slide before day one that says three weeks ago and i write out the events that happened three weeks ago um and that doesn't get used in my story like i don't use it but i need to know that information and i know that it happens three weeks before day one so using powerpoint you only see one slide at a time or do you ever pull it up to see the whole book at a time um so i usually so the way that i do it i i view it one day at a time because usually i'm looking at um you know oh today was monday what did mac do on this day or what did aiden do today um and all the things that happened and, and a lot of it can help me see oh she did way too much there's no way that a normal human being could do all of this stuff i need to rework this timeline um, and move some stuff and change change some of the events that happened in that day kind of thing. That's um, so smart. Yeah, I love using PowerPoint also just because you can move slides around. Um, you can change the order of them. You can change uh, font. You can change word color. You can highlight. It's super easy to edit. What made you think of using PowerPoint? I never would have thought of that. I don't know. Um, Honestly, it might just be because I see them so often in science. Uh, I, well, I used to before COVID, would see presentations every week, multiple presentations, and all of them were slides. Um, and a lot of the time when a scientist is explaining what their project is, they do, you know, here's why I did this, here's the background, and then here's my methods. And I went through my methods in this way, and it took this amount of time or there's a timeline for that. So that's probably kind of where I got the idea. I have no idea, honestly, but. That's, that's brilliant. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. It's really helpful. Uh, it is really useful for helping me see just exactly how many days are in my story. Um, and it helps me make sure that like, if something does land on a weekend, then my character should not be working as usual, you know, depending on what the job is. Um, so, it's been extremely useful for me. Um, I do also use my whiteboard though. Uh, I always circle back to my whiteboard and that's for more like vague timelines where it's like, oh, I know this is supposed to happen near the beginning and I know this happens towards 
you know, the middle end and this happens at the very end. Um, so I also use that, but that's for more like vague, not really attaching it to a day by day thing. It's more like a, yeah, I mean, doing the way you do it would help prevent those plot holes, which I had trouble with some of my books where I had something happen that would logically have happened after Halloween, but I had it happening too soon. Yeah. You know, and that, that would have solved that problem. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will say that I didn't do this from the beginning of writing my story. Um, I started doing this actually when, you know, now I'm thinking about your question about how I came up with this idea. And I think it also stems from, you know, I thought using note cards or post-it notes would be a great way to do this because you can move those around too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you can move slides around in PowerPoint and that's a lot easier. Um, so that actually might've been where that came from. Honestly, I have no idea. Um, I also just derailed my own thoughts. So I have no idea what I was going to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, so PowerPoint, I just love how easy it is to edit, uh, PowerPoints. I love, you can change font size so you can fit in as many events as you need to on a slide. Um, you can add pictures, uh, to a PowerPoint. So if you have a specific place that this event happened and it would help you to visualize that in a timeline you can put it in a PowerPoint and it would work like on that same slide. Um, and it's all, it's all right there. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I don't use timelines. <laughs> <laughs> this was another interesting little episode to research because I went in, into it thinking, Oh, this, this should be a mini episode because there's not much to say. But as I researched it, I'm like, you know what? This, there is a lot about timelines that can be used. And I definitely realize I need to change the way I do things. Now I, I have plot lines, which is similar to a timeline because I go linear timeline. I go first, this happens, then this happens, then this happens. But then I do flow charts because when this happens, it leads to this. And then this will lead to something later but I've got other things. So I kind of do timelines, but I don't do it as efficiently as I think I need to. I remember what I was going to say, and it's okay. somewhat related. Okay. Um, so I did not do my timelines from the beginning of my story. Um, I did it when I got stuck in the middle. Uh, so I went back through and I reread from the beginning and I made my timeline as I reread it. Um, and that helped me to discover, like you said, plot holes, um, I needed to move events here and there, but it also helped me visualize my story as a whole um, and uh, coherently in terms of time, uh, which helped me move on. So Yeah, I, that makes sense. That's why kind of why I asked you if you just look one slide at a time or if you put all the slides on at one time, because I need, and I found a whole bunch of these online. If you just Google timelines, they're, you know, and they have the actual timeline. And then a bubble here, a bubble here, a bubble here, and you can write into it. And that's helpful to me to see it all on one page. Right. So I can see exactly the progression and what's happening when. Yeah. I don't know that it, I mean, I think it would be helpful, but I have to be able to see the whole thing as opposed to just one slide at a time. But I like doing the slide at a time because it helps you organize, like you say, if you have them doing 50 million things in one day that's not physically possible to get from point A to point B that you've got them doing, that would definitely help you see that. Right. So I really think PowerPoint is clever and I hardly ever use it. That's, you know, my generation, we didn't have 
that. So it's not something that I use in, in law very often. Um, only when we go do our seminars, I'll use a PowerPoint when I'm teaching a class or whatever. But that's right. it. I never thought about incorporating it and using it in my writing. Well, it's so great, too, because you can make it so artsy. You can personalize it to a character or to a book in that, you know, so once you pull it up, you're like there in that story. Um, again, I really like the picture thing, too, because I can like stick a picture of Savannah in like when she goes to this specific place. And that's right there in the PowerPoint when I pull up my timeline is like, oh, she is here at this point in time. Yeah, with doing the editing I'm doing now on the twin saga, I'm going to I'm going to do a timeline because it starts with the destruction of the castle where the queen is and she's forced to run. I have, in fact, two different timelines going on. I have two plot lines that are going. I've got the apprentice wizard who's off doing his thing and I have the queen who's doing her thing. Well, actually three timelines because then I've got the bad guys doing their things. Yeah. And I have to know when each of them are doing what to know what's going on so that when will this set of characters know what's going on over here? You yeah. Know, when the, when the bad guys do this, when is news of that and where are they when that happens? So it's going to be, I, it, that's not fractured. Well, is that what we decided was fractured? I think that might be fractured. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I'm going to have to do that. I've just never really done it before. Like you, I, I hit a point in the book and I'm like, wait a minute when is Halloween again? How many days is it until Halloween? Right. Because significant events happen on Halloween and, and freaking fairies because of course it's a mystical time. Right. And so I had to know where is everybody when Halloween is here? What is going on? And so I had to, yeah, that, but I hadn't timelined up until that point, which is not very efficient. Yeah. yeah. But I am a pantser as opposed to a plotter. Right. Which like, to be fair, I also don't, I don't do a very detailed timeline ahead of writing. Like I usually get to a point where I'm like, oh, how many days is this? I actually need to know that. Okay, I should probably go and make a timeline. And that's about the point where I make my timeline. And then I try to keep up with it as I keep writing. Yeah. Um, but most of the time I don't, I don't start out with a timeline. It's mostly something that helps me uh, get out of writer's block because I have to go over my story again and like see what's happening. And um, it'll give me new ideas uh, as I, as I create it. So, you know, I did see when I was researching this, there's a bunch of online timeline programs out there that I think you have to pay for a bunch of them. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting that there yeah. are programs to use. If you don't know how to go about starting a timeline, look at some of the Google it, look at some of those and see if one of those ways helps you. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, um, another thing about PowerPoint, uh, and me being a scientist, because for some reason that's relevant in this episode. Um, but I make all of my figures for scientific presentations in PowerPoint. It's a, it's a very easy to use, um, very symmetric way of creating figures and pictures for uh, even scientific writing. And there was one time that I was creating a timeline for one of my books, and I did it like you prefer, where it's a timeline all on one slide. Um, and I created a figure, essentially, uh, of that timeline. And you can, you know, like I said, you can make the font as small as you need it to be. Um, you can make the slide as big as you need it to be, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so you can fit so many different little things on just one slide. Um, mm -hmm. And then also zoom in and be able to scroll across it and see it or see it all in one, one picture. So. Great idea. Yeah. 
at some point we'll have to see what else is out there and maybe review some of them. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I definitely need to be better at that. And I'm going to do it with this book that I'm editing right now. It's going to be crucial, especially yeah. with the fra fractured timelines that are going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I find it a lot of fun. So I enjoy it. I personally enjoy just breaking down my story and like attaching it to time and, and seeing like how well all of these events come together. And that kind mm -hmm. of thing. So hopefully you guys will too. Yeah, that's neat. Thank you to the Wit Girls podcast for asking about that. That was a, a very good topic to do. Yeah, more thank you very much. More to it than I thought. So we love we, requests. Say that again. We love requests. Oh, we do. So everybody send us things you want us to talk about. We'll be glad to talk about them. So this was just a little mini. So we'll let you all go. Thank you all for listening. Thanks, guys.